0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Veterans Care Association and Timor Awakening podcast. The Timor Awakening program is an 11-day immersive, holistic and peer-to-peer veterans program traditionally based in Timor-Leste and it has a singular vision to promote the health and well-being of veterans and their families. Due to the current restrictions from COVID-19, we are running slightly abridged programs on the Gold Coast with the same vision and same aim. We're using these opportunities to sit down with our participants either one-on-one or in a group setting and conduct podcast interviews to capture their stories and their lessons learned, providing insights we can all learn from as we as veterans and wounded healers move through our own journeys and help others do the same. We'll be covering a whole range of topics including defense transition, mental health, relationships, veteran suicide, PTSD, and post-traumatic growth. So whether you're out and about, listening to this at home or driving in your car, We do trust that you'll get a lot out of listening to our participants. Thank you and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Um, We are at the tail end of not only TA18, but also the podcast interviews. We've just got a few lucky people to sneak in the last uh, dying hours. But uh, sitting down with me at the moment, I have Craig Small. How you doing, mate? Good, Michael. How are you? It's good to have you on the on the podcast, mate. And uh, Armoured, Corps. Armoured Corps, and yeah. then uh, did a trip to Rifle Company Butterworth.
1: Yes. What year was? Uh, it right? Was ninety
0: six. Ninety six. Okay. Yeah. And did you join uh, in time for um, Kangaroo ninety five that you always hear people talk about? Or uh, you?
1: I uh, marched in the two calves just as the boys got back.
0: From oh that. my God! You would have been. Uh, I'm sure that would have been ta- telling stories to the cows come home. Some good stories. <laughs> nice one. Well, mate, uh, that was obviously yeah just a quick sort of. Um, couple of seconds on your, your military background. Let's just maybe delve into that a little bit just so we uh, get a bit of context what you, your yep. career involved. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so, joined in 95. Actually, yep. just joined on a whim. Okay. I made it join and said how good it was. So I thought i I'll throw my hat in the ring, give it a nudge. Are
0: you still mates with him now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him in a long time. Yep. But um, I loved it. It was mm. – I still say to this day, the Army was the best job that I ever had, I think. And it was okay. just the comradeship, yep. your troop, your family um, – had direction, you knew what you could do, what you couldn't do. Yep. And Yeah, you knew where that line was and how far over that line you could step. They were allowed to go. Yep. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And s- yep. Um, yeah, and then 2CAV initial posting and then posted down to 214 in Brisbane to re-raise the, um, the unit after the ready reserve time. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah that was
0: a big thing in the late 90s, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. 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 Okay, and uh, and what sort of happened after that period?
1: Um, career was going great. Mm-hmm. It was flying. Um, and I found out that I had a heart problem. There was a problem of valve in my heart, and operations and medication mm. didn't allow me to be AIR com- um, compliant, compliant yep. and, um, yeah, I was discharged. So. Right, okay. Yeah, so so that, that was
0: 2000. And that was a heart problem that's just sort of been there since day dot? It was from birth I didn't even know I had. Wow, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but then, was it just through PT? You know, as you're dying off, or what was? Uh, it
1: was actually the year it happened. Was the fittest I'd ever been. <laughs> oh, right, okay. So, yeah, um, the heart was growing because it was working harder, and maybe that's why I was a lot fitter and I was doing a lot more than I could. And then one day, it just said, "No more." Right. right okay. It. Yeah.
0: All yeah. right. Okay. So you were medically discharged, I should. Yes, correct.
1: Yep. Two thousand, just before team off. Oh, so All ready to go. So
0: you, not only did you miss out on Kangaroo ninety five, but down you missed out on down Timor. Timor as well. Yep. Yeah, that's uh that's the luck of the draw, unfortunately. Um Right, okay, and so um so you're out you're out of the military, not wasn't really by choice. What happened from there?
1: Okay, so um Twofield Hospital had a re- re- um rehabilitation center mm-hmm. and they um had like an open day one day and there was all these people, there was Serena Russo's and Martin no. College and all that and it was like, go in and find yourself a course that you want to do and okay. it was, it ended up doing business management, human resource management yeah. um, as well as the old trainer assessor course and um, finished that, topped the class, wow. couldn't, couldn't get a job with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so I just bumbled along, um, I'd worked in sawmills prior to the army so I went back and worked into a sawmill. Um, I picked up a second trade while I was there, but unfortunately it was a trade that was a bit of a dying trade, so... Which one was that? I was doing wood machining. Okay. So, yeah, Yeah. wasn't much money in it. Um, I worked equipment hire for probably eight years, uh, worked my way up to a management position there and Mm. and ended up working in the RTO world. Right, okay. Does that continue to this day or... No, no. A couple of bad experiences and companies going under and... At the moment, I'm just doing some labouring work, just to okay. try and clear my head. But I think I'm at a point now where I need to make a change and start doing something for myself and get the brain working again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, lots of people, myself included, at
0: various stages of the journey, have you know done some some labour hire to keep the money coming in until you figure things out next. So that's it's yeah. uh, yeah. part of the journey. Okay. Yeah. And so, how did you find that? Because your transition out of the military was quite sudden, I imagine.
1: It was, yep. and looking back on it now, I don't think I actually went back into society as a civilian because <laughs> it was so quick. The transition was quick. The, Pretty common, yep. Yeah, um, it was the fact that it was just like go find a course, yeah, and that was it. Mm. Um, DVA looked after me for probably about six months with a little bit of a, a pension on the side. I was fortunate; I was getting an MSBS pension as well, yep. So that kept money in what coming in while I was studying. Um, And then one day DVA said, no more payments for you, sayonara. And that was pretty much it until December. It was when I got put back in touch, so for a period of 20 plus years. Wow. No contact from DVA. No white card. Um, When I actually got my white card and went and see my DVA advocate, my card number was older than what his was. So (laughs) I think something had maybe been allocated but never issued. Right. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you were medically discharged, and there was no real sort of um, follow up until some many, many years later.
1: Yep. Yes. Okay.
0: And so, how did you navigate that? That's a that's a rocky period. Like you, you've come what you've come out of a secure, you know, um, uh, structured environment, and you just suddenly had to go and make things working. And you said you went back to sort of sawmill for a while.
1: It was hard. Yeah. It was hard to, to see a worker turn around and tell his boss where to go because he didn't want to do something. <laughs> It just wasn't the norm. You saw that, did you? Oh, yeah, all yeah. the time, yeah. yeah I, I found that very hard to take and watch yep. happen, so, yeah. You wouldn't get away with it in defence, would you? No. no <laughs> it's a very different life. And I was probably the same prior to the army, yeah. prior to the military. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it just changed your whole mindset, mm-hmm. how you thought about life and how, well, how things were done and the respect for people. Mm. Um, and to just to see people that hadn't experienced that, it was very hard. Wow. Yeah. All right, and so was sort of um, twenty
0: years since then, you you said you went to the degree. It didn't really get you what you what you wanted, so you went fell back on some previous works. And then, um, yeah, if you will summarise, kind of career wise between then and now, you know, you uh, tried a few different careers and worked your way up in a few different areas. And then um, twenty years later, you found out you're you know you're entitled to a whole range of things you didn't know you're entitled to. Um, what sort of brought you in a program like
1: this? Um, I'd actually, before Christmas, had a little bit of a meltdown, <laughs> which okay. was probably the second one in two years. Um, the first one was pretty bad, but the second one wasn't as bad, but it was still, um, okay. still there. And, uh, and what do you think brought that on? I think a lot of it was probably just the stress of life and myself putting pressures on myself because I didn't know where I was going. Yep. yep. I think just lost, just a bit lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got put in touch of open arms and I haven't looked back. What has been offered to me since, like I said, December last year mm. in that short period of three months has been more than I've, I've had in 20 years. Wow. And just to meet like-minded people and people that understand, even though I wasn't deployed. I think the biggest thing that I've, in my mind, was because I wasn't deployed to Timor or Afghanistan <coughs> or Iraq, I didn't think I was eligible for anything. Yep. But it um, it wasn't until Open Arms got in contact with me, was you did serve, you did sign on the line to... Yep put yourself in that role, you just didn't get there. And you still served.
0: Funnily enough, when I was attending, uh was with Gary actually, I think 2017 it was a PTSD forum. Uh, it was a biannual, well, every two years. Um, and it was held at the Convention Centre in Brisbane. And they were saying something like 59% of people with PTSD or other related illnesses never deployed. It's mm-hmm. actually more than half.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I always wondered that yep. just through what Happened today, you stepped off the bus at Kapuka, and just how you were turned totally. into what they wanted you to be, yep. and all through courses and the structure. And that it, it is, no, although it wasn't a confronting frontline mm. experience, it was still stress on the brain.
0: That's right, yeah. training you know, like when you're doing your ITs, it's all part of it. Yeah, yep. so uh, you're ve- you're it's not uncommon to hear that people think oh, I didn't deploy therefore, I'm not told to do anything, or there's no real reason why I should be having any issues. But it's just this the, the data doesn't support that. Um even if it was only twenty five percent of people uh who have PTSD or related illnesses, uh never deployed, That's still a significant amount, you yeah. know, to but for it to be quite high. I think that's really an important people yeah. thing yeah. for people to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And so Team Awakening specifically, how did you find yourself here?
1: Um, I was a late person <laughs> okay. on this course. Yep, so yep. I only found out about it um, a fortnight ago. Yep. yep. Uh, my peer support from Open Arms messaged me and said, um, if you're interested, if you can get away from work and if you can financially afford it, yep. get to take time off work, um, there's yep. a position in this if you'd like to attend. And I asked the Minister for Finances and she said, yep, go. <laughs> Work said go, yep. so um, yep. within a matter of a week, I was pretty much all, had my bags packed and ready there to come down. Yeah, so, and probably the best way to do it.
0: Yep, just commit. Just commit. The more you stew over it, the longer is a possibility you'll talk yourself out of it. Definitely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. yeah. And talk us through your
1: sort of time here, what's been the biggest, uh, I guess, aha moment for yourself? Um, I think just finding myself and just actually realising that there are other people like me, mm-hmm. similar positions. Um, And just realising that uh, life probably isn't that bad and we can make some changes Okay, we're in the right mindset to do it.
0: And what do you think has sort of implanted that realisation in Um, yourself?
1: Just through the sessions that we've had with Mm -hmm. the mentors, the sessions that Gary and Michael have given. I think it's just taking in all that information and Mm -hmm. just realising that it is a common denominator in life for a lot of us and we've we've got the tools and we've got the people there to help us that we can make the changes if we really want to and I think if you're in that mindset that you want to make the change then you will.
0: Right it's an interesting one so it's kind of reaching a breaking point or a
1: resolution that this has to happen. Yes exactly. Mm. i identified that probably my biggest thing is my current work so my main goal to take away from here is to start Investigating what I want to do for mm. a career, moving on. So that's I think once I fix that, a lot of other problems will start to yep. fade away. So, because you're doing the labour hire at the moment, is that right? It's is that full time? Laboring. Yeah, it is full yeah. time now. Yeah, it's a
0: very taxing on the body. Yes, and uh, yeah, I think the older we get, the harder. The, I mean, I did it when I, I did it before I joined the army in 2004, and I've done 2017 like, after getting out. So it's it's not easy. It's hard work. It is. And it's not, it's not good pay. No. And, and, you know, yeah. So, okay, so in terms of finding out what that is, your career, next steps, how, how do you think you're going to tackle that?
1: I actually, um, I've been in touch already previous to this program with Defence TAFE. Okay. And um, it was, my again, my support person from Open Arms that put me onto them. Um, I've had some good conversations with them and I think, when I get home, probably next week or the week after, I'm going to make that phone call and just find out what else is available out there. I've never heard of Defence
0: TAFE. What's that about?
1: Okay, so um, it's, from what I believe, it's an element of TAFE that the Defence have a hold on, um, and there's courses that are actually discounted for ex-service um, members. Okay. So uh, an example that I was given, there is, and please don't quote me fully on this, but um there's a diploma of um, project management that the gentleman that I was talking to recommended for me. It's normally a $10,000 course um, through Defence TAFE because I'm a ex-serving member. I get it for 4800 If you don't have the money up front, you can pay it off over a two-year period and you can claim it on your tax. Wow. So That's an interesting tip. Yeah, and at the course that course is actually um, it's a diploma level but it's being fast-tracked over an eight-month period and I'm not sure if it's full-time or two days a week or what it is but yeah that's what's available out there
0: and is that uh,
1: all online or is
0: it campus-based stuff I'm not sure on that I didn't go into the depth of it
1: but that's what I want to find out from them is yeah what is the learning structure of it that's an
0: interesting option for for people lots of people want to do higher education and figure out what's next so just it's amazing how many resources are out there for veterans that we just don't know about, isn't it? That's it exactly. <laughs> what other stuff have you come across in, in that during a time in terms of resources for veterans? Because I find that a lot of people, um, once they initially get onto this track, will often find out. The most they'll ever find out is often in the first six months because yeah. they're going really enthusiastically, and then it tapers off. What else yeah, for have
1: you sure. found? Um, Well, Open Arms was the main one and just what they actually had. So the counselling, that you can ring up 24-7 and there's always someone there that can talk to you. Yep. And if it was in the middle of the night or late at night, I found the next day that my support person would be giving me a call. So that information is being passed down to your support. You've got a file. Yep. And everything's all put onto that. Um, My support person has put me onto an advocate. I've never had an advocate before, so I've now got a DVA advocate that's doing some claims for me. Yep. Um, and just the way they're doing it is not everything for you. They're giving you the, the tools and the resources to do it for yeah. us to follow up. So, wow. yeah. So it's been mainly just the advocate, the open arm support, and um, the Defence TAFE is what I've tapped into so far, and this amazing course. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's awesome that you're getting yourself back out there, Matt, and um, you know, upskilling and, and doing different things. Is there any thoughts in mind as to what, obviously, you've got some different things in mind about what you're going to study, but uh, career-wise, job-wise, have you got an idea in mind what that might be?
1: I, I think I'd really like to try and help people. I've done some training and assessing in the past with the RTOs, and yep, yep. Um, I don't think I'd like to go back to my full trade mm. and teach that, but... I could teach something at a lower level and just yep. to help people get back on their feet and support yep. them and give them a bit of a vision to move forward. Also,
0: yeah, fantastic. Well, it sounds like you've got some uh, some robust plans there, mate. So well done. And uh, I guess uh, yeah, w- what's the the very next step for you after this program finishes, which is midday tomorrow? Yep. Um, what's the next kind of immediate action?
1: Uh, go home and <laughs> spend some time with the family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Because uh, you're out past Ipswich? I'm out at Rosewood. Oh, at yeah. Rosewood. Yep. So nice. See if I can pull all the kids in and we might go out for dinner and yeah. just have some family time. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. Did you survive the floods? Uh, town flooded. We were a little bit isolated, but yeah, we weren't too bad. Oh, lucky one. Yep. I, can, like I said, that area, that area sort of Ipswich out west is
0: notorious for being hit pretty hard and many of it was. So glad to hear you're okay. Exactly. Good
1: on you, mate. Thank you. All
0: right, Craig, I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap up there, mate. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we pull stumps
1: there? Uh, just... If anyone's having any doubt or any problems, reach out to Open Arms and just get that help because it helped me immensely. Amazing.
0: Good on you, mate. Thanks so much. Appreciate Thank
1: it. Thank you, Michael. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening, guys. And if you do have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us at support at au. And we do, of course, encourage you to share this podcast out to anyone who you feel may benefit from it. Thank you so much, and we look forward to connecting with you on the next podcast. Bye for now.